Listening Dog Media. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yes! Oh, 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 yes! The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tires. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Offside Rule. And it's being recorded this time on the day. In fact, only half an hour after. The transfer window shut firmly for the summer period. I'm introducing Mina Rizuki back in. She's a regular this season. Hello to you. Woohoo, hello to you. And Kate Borsay. I'm just taking off my yellow tie. I'm I'm swallowing a wine gum. I've just swallowed a yellow wine gum in tribute to Deadline Day. So I hope all those Deadline Day fans are extremely impressed by my dedication. Well, we are going to talk. That as our first topic. A couple of standout deals from the entire window. You might want to choose one from Deadline Day itself, but you can go for the entire duration of the transfer window being open. We're also going to go on to talk about trophy-less euphoria. Last weekend, I hate to bring it up, Kate say, but I was at Anfield. Um, now, what's the one thing that I always say that I am for Liverpool? Well, you're not anymore. You were their lucky mascot. You didn't see them lose once, did you, when you worked at Liverpool FTTV? And you go and see them for another company... Uh, to take in the glorious win against West Ham that wasn't glorious in any way, shape or form. They were awful and it was all your fault, by the way. It was not my fault. What I'm thinking is I should credit Suarez with the reason why I never saw them lose (laughs) (laughs) and not me. I don't think it's anything to do with my lucky charms. Um, It was what a journey on the way back on the train because the West Ham fans were celebrating like I have never seen. 3-0 win at Anfield, 52 years in the waiting for it. They actually said, a few of them, that it felt like a better victory than when they won the playoff final. So can you imagine that's just one league game but that euphoria of beating one of the big clubs and, and the big clubs that you've had very little success on your away trips with. Can I just get this right? They, they said it was better than winning the playoff final. Yeah. I mean, come on. Come on, West Ham fans. Can you imagine if you're beating a big club and a a team that always wins and this is you, you know, you're going on there, you're watching this and it's an Anfield and it's 3-0. 
I not, can see that. Not only that, but in the lead up to that game, the club had had many dramas. They'd had a player ar- arrested, of course, and then Saka actually ended up starting that game. Um, they'd had Enna Valencia criticising the medical staff. They'd had so many things going on at West Ham. They had n- not very much going on the bench. There were like three very young players. So I think they went into it such the underdogs that to come out 3-0 winners came on saying it's grimacing. <laughs> I really wish we had a camera on to get your <laughs> facial expression. <laughs> but, but it is... It is such a big achievement. I think you're playing it down on purpose. Well, I'm not really, because getting promoted surely is a bigger achievement than beating Liverpool. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, definitely not bitter. But come on, West Ham fans. I think the expression caught in the moment might apply. Just to remind you that topic two then, with that in mind, trophyless euphoria, I want another two league results. So it has to be a league result from any point in history uh, where you think that that club might have celebrated like they'd won a trophy. And then finally, we're going to go on to talk about James Miller. It's like all of my inspiration came from that Liverpool game this weekend. Um, But I did interview James Milner and um, he was lovely, really, really lovely. He does a lot for charity. Hayley McQueen actually always sings his praises, doesn't she, on this podcast? Yeah, she always goes to the James Milner Foundation do. She often hosts them as well and she has a jolly good time as well. And I spoke... (laughs) That's really surprising considering his character. (laughs) Well, there you go, see, because I spoke to people afterwards and people said, well, which Liverpool player did you interview? I said, actually, I was really pleased because when I was at LFC TV, obviously, I've interviewed quite a lot of the players but with James Milner being a new signing I was really pleased because it was him and then everyone went oh oh, (laughs) boring James Milner that was my impression of a yawn I I deal with Serie A and we have players like Mario Balotelli so you know what James Milner is a breath of fresh air (laughs) I would argue though that Although I think he goes about his business quietly, he doesn't often take up the spotlight and he's not, you know, that creative flair player on or off the pitch, really. I would say that there must be some challenges out there to take the boring mantle off him. So I'm going to task you both with that to try and get someone else. Um, First, though, as I'm touching Kay's leg, um, I I apologise for that. (laughs) Am I I just disturbing this moment between you two? (laughs) We have many moments, Mina, but they're not usually like that. Um, Transfer deadline day. Mm. Let's talk about what's happened today because my highlight of the whole day has been I was at Arsenal and very early on I was told categorically nothing is happening at the Emirates. (laughs) Now Kate's aware that I did get an option, didn't I? (laughs) An option to go to Spurs. Yes. But actually you wouldn't have seen much action there either. Well, no, I wouldn't. I don't, and I, I'm not disappointed with my choice. But to have no transfer activity all day and be having to do lives and different things and talking, I needed something to perk me up. So, what did you talk about? Oh, we talked about the fact that they'd been rumoured to be doing this, that and the other. Oh. He'd been in Paris, Arsene Wenger, mm. and apparently was speaking to PSG about Edinson Cavani, but he wasn't. He was out there yeah, doing French sure, television. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, let's be honest, you know. I love how he chose to go there, though, just on transfer deadline day, just yeah. to get everyone wound up a little bit more. So am I right in saying that you're creating some of those rumours that wind everyone up? So <laughs> no, today no. you've just been spinning the rumour mill to your own advantage. I was desperate gi- to get a line. No, I was giving little tasty stats as well about her the fact that Arsenal now are the only team in the top five sides in Europe that have not signed an outfield player in this transfer window. So we're going down that route. The fact that they haven't had any goals scored at home yet in this, Mm. this season, that they needed a striker... 
I'm just glad that you didn't mention a financial stat because they're so proud of all their finances and I thought, oh my God, I can't listen to one more of these. Trying to win a game. Sorry, not to be very rude. Highlight of my day was, as I thought nothing was happening, two police convoys coming with a very posh car, <gasps> escorting this posh car towards the Emirates Stadium. Oh. So you'd be very proud. A little bit like the John Herman affair where I ran after him in Canada. <laughs> I hot-footed it as quick as I could to go and see what the bejeebas was going on. Is Lionel Messi in the back of this car, is what I'm thinking. <laughs> Um, no, it turned right into a block of flats where there was obviously <laughs> some something going down. Well, I know what your deadline day, Mina, has consisted of. It's consisted of flying, hasn't it? Yeah, basically, I was uh, I was away for this weekend just because I thought I just can't deal with this anymore. But having said that, I thought that I was going to manage to get some time off, and instead, it was the uh, Serie A transfer deadline was last night, and it was all madness going on as well. But uh, actually, my pick for what was the greatest purchase is to do with the player that arrived a few uh, earlier than obviously transfer deadline. And uh, the only reason I mention him is because he's he's sort of destroying my life at the moment. Um, (laughs) And that is only because everyone knows I'm a Juve fan. And this is an interplayer. So Roberto Mancini comes and get this, right? So Carpi is this newly promoted team that has like 4,000 fans, okay? This has never been a team that's ever reached the top flight. And in his pre-conference before the the game, he goes, oh, this is a really tough test. And he tries to really play it up. And you're like, dude, it's Carpi. You know, like, let's be honest, okay? (laughs) If you can't win this, then I really don't know what you're going to, you know. Needless to say, they've got in Stefan Joffersditch, and everyone thought, "Oh, this is the injured player. He's never going to be a, 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 you know, he's never going to make it. Or even if he does, he's going to play a few games. He hasn't been playing for ages." Right? He comes in, scores a last-minute goal in his first game, and managed two in against Carpi to make sure that Inter are at the top of the league now with six points, maximum points. And again, penalty last minute against Carpi. So this is the guy. So they've only managed three goals and all of them scored by Stefan Jovetic, <laughs> which means that while Juve are still trying to get off the mark with zero points, you know, <laughs> um, and again, Roma destroyed them. This time along, it was Stefan Jovetic. So I'm starting to think that this kid could go somewhere. Okay, well, Mina has revealed one of her picks. Uh, Kate, what have you chosen? Well, this is a player who I wished I'd put in our debutante fantasy uh, football team. But I, I didn't. It, it, it was a slight clerical error. It was a slight <laughs> clerical error. We had too many midfielders. This should be my choice. This should be my choice because I was the one that suggested him for the fantasy 11. You no, I up. did. No, I did. No, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and on it goes. Uh, <clears throat> so my choice for the fantasy, <laughs> seeing as I've got the microphone. Anyway, who are we talking about? Andre Ayew, as Lindsay hinted at there. Um, Ghana midfielder, um, canny by by Swansea. And my goodness, he looks cannier by every game that passes. And Swansea are known, aren't they? You know, Michu, Gilfie Sigurdsson for making those really clever signings, really good arrivals at the Liberty Stadium. Um what, what, what makes him even more clever or what makes the transfer even more clever is the fact that he was free. And I think he will go down as one of those very, very smart bits of business. Three goals and one assist in four matches. He has picked up a couple of yellows already. So he's obviously trying to get used to the pace. Haven't and everyone. <laughs> yes, yes. Especially after the weekend. If you don't have a yellow card and you're in the Premier League, you are the minority. What I like about him, well, he's, he's just clever, isn't he? The way he plays is quite clever. Um, and he's a good leader as well, which is what Swansea have needed. And the goal scoring ability. 
One of the things I like most about him is his movement off the ball. Yeah. I, it, everyone thinks that it's it's luck and it's fortune when you see past players like Gary Lineker or, who always popped up in the right place. Frank Lampard was notorious for it. He'd always be in the right place at the right time. That is a skill. Mm. It's a really, really fine-tuned skill and he's got it. He has it indeed. Um, who did you look at? Um, I've gone with a West Ham player. Um, I think... A transfer deadline day signing, actually. Um, I think Alex Song. Now, West Ham were very busy on transfer deadline day. They made quite a few signings. But I'm going to go with Alex Song because I thought he added so much to the team when he was there last season. 31 appearances in total. He makes such a difference to that West Ham side. And surely the lure of going to the Olympic Stadium is so much for Alex Song. You know, a fancy stadium to match his fancy outfits. Um, He never quite made it into the Barcelona regular first team. But when you've got quality like that coming to the Premier League and you've got a team like West Ham, we're not talking the Arsenals or the Chelsea's, we're talking West Ham, snatching him. And he is so, so integral now to their Mm. push on. What I was thinking could have been a mid-table finish for West Ham, I'm now thinking could be higher. Really? You see, what I don't understand is why Arsenal wouldn't take this player back. I mean, mm. if I was Arsenal, I would have mm. gone all gung-ho to bring this player because they've got Cochlear at the moment, yeah? what they If they have one injury in that midfield, then this could really ruin their, their push forward and especially because they really want to go for the title. Why not bring in a player like Alex Song? They need a substitute bench and he would have been perfect for them again. I think you will have a chorus of Arsenal fans listening to this going, yes, hear, hear. But obviously he doesn't want to be on the substitutes bench, does he? And that's why he's decided to spend another season on loan at West Ham. And I think, you know, Bilic has to be credited with a few canny signings. I was going to say it's got to be Czech from Chelsea to uh, Arsenal because when you watch that game against Liverpool and the fact that Benteke could have scored that goal and the way that Czech just saved them all the way through. And I just think that perhaps he's not going to be the signing that will actually win them the title. That's really got nothing to do with them. That's got to do with the cycle that they have going for themselves which is buy a player think they're going to win the league then they don't then they lose they start badly then decide to possibly sack the coach so the coach never gets sacked and we start again we buy a new player <laughs> it's that whole cycle that you have with Arsenal but having said that I think that he's been amazing and I think this is the man that could save them when it comes to the big games and that's really where they failed in recent years but they're starting to understand how to play them and how to match them and obviously we saw that against Chelsea and, uh, and now we saw it against Liverpool I'm going to go for a player you've already mentioned as my other one. It was a European player. It was a move from Manchester City to Roma. Oh. <laughs> um, the, the player that's plaguing you as well as a Juve fan. Um, I've always rated him. And I really think that another Premier League team has missed a big opportunity here because they, they talk, don't they, in press conference, all these managers about the lack of quality world strikers. There aren't enough out there. That's probably why Arsene Wenger didn't dip in his checkbook this time out because he says there aren't really the riches of them out there and he's not going to just bring anyone in. I think this guy fits the bill. Edin Dzeko. Brilliant, brilliant striker. Um, I thought it was unfortunate not to get more game time at Manchester City. When he did get the game time, he had an impact. And now he's showing exactly that at Roma, isn't he? I'll let Minas take over from here. Oh, yeah, I know. God, it was a, it was obviously a huge match between Roma and Juventus. And uh, after Miralem Pjanic just delivered one of the most beautiful free kicks. Meanwhile, poor little Juve get these free kicks and they have no Andrea Pirlo to do anything for them. Mm-hmm. So Pjanic gets the free kick and then just when you think it's getting 
getting all it's going to go all over for Juventus. Uh, they're trying to get back in the game, and bam, Jeco scores the second to basically seal the win for them. Um, well, actually, it, actually, what's very interesting is Wozniak Chesney pulled off a wonderful, wonderful save that actually kept the game. because what happened is Dzeko scored it became 2-0 Juventus decided at that moment in time it was only 80 minutes in that they were going to start going for it they're going to wake up from their summer slumber so they go for it they have their new signing Paolo Dybala score the goal and you're thinking oh maybe this is it they're laying siege onto the goal and then there's just one handed save by Wozniak Chesney to say to stop Juventus getting the equaliser and you just thought that that save just changed the headlines and changed everything and also elevated the, the level of what Edin Dzeko just did because it was his goal essentially that proved to be the winner. See, I would argue that you could take Loic Remy, Danny Welbeck, Olivier Giroud. There's three examples of, of strikers in the Premier League at the moment that I would say are not as clinical in front of goal as Edin Dzeko. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's about taking those opportunities, taking the chances. And they've squandered too many in comparison and I think he would have been a really good purchase. Uh, yours, Kate? Well, English football renowned for pies isn't it? Not necessarily from abroad, though. We've had uh, Memphis to pie coming in the transfer window, but I'm going to go with another pie, Dimitri Pie at West Ham. We've spoken about them before and how canny Bilic has been in this window. Um, but look, his revolution at West Ham's gathering a pace, isn't it, um, with how the team are performing. And of course, I am a very bruised Liverpool fan after the weekend's result, but they delivered an opening day defeat to Arsenal as well. And I thought that Payet was very good in that game, as he was against Liverpool. I think he could end up being as important to West Ham as what Montero is at Swansea, for instance. Just a really, really key player. A little bit like Coquelin as well at Arsenal, who's developed into a, mm. a key player. Mm. And what were West Ham lacking? They were lacking the entertainment factor, weren't they? And Bilic has certainly bought that. And Payet's a great example of a player who will entertain. He's played nearly every minute, minute of every match so far as well. So he's got off the ground running. One goal, one assist. Um, as I said, very good against Liverpool and West Ham. And, and what I like about his play is that he looks after the defence as well you know he's not just all about the goals not just all about the entertainment he puts in a shift and helps to uh, protect the defence as well well just before we leave transfer deadline day and deadline day talk there um, a big thank you to our team our social media team at Offside Rule Pod uh, they were tweeting throughout the day we've got articles on our website as well uh, with all the big moves we had a departures board it's like we took inspiration from you flying in we decided to do an airport theme didn't we it was a fine piece of work on our website and, and as you say well done to our team who w- were literally glued to every source whether it was Twitter whether it was a website um, whether it was Sky Sports News uh, making sure that we got it right so well done to them Breaking news everyone stand by your beds this is Jim White you can download the Offside Rule podcast this very day We're going to move on next to topic number two and this is trophy-less euphoria Have you ever had euphoria without a trophy in football? <laughs> this is a genuine question I'm just not that sort of person I'm, I'm quite a realist and I've got a friend who's a Liverpool fan who gets very excited very overexcited and I feel like I'm a bit of a downer on it because I have to say you know well we haven't had the second half yet don't forget so and so love scoring for the other side um, so I'm, I'm not one of those people that get overly excited about you know the first time we've won against someone in 13 years or whatever I you know I just prefer to do it on actual trophies and stuff there's been quite a drought there though hasn't there so maybe, <laughs> maybe you have. is that why I'm so goddamn depressed <laughs> 
not as many as uh, much of a drought as what I've had, but hey. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm a capitalist and I support a big team. So there's always trophies in it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. That's why I'm going to start us off because one of mine is a genuine Wolves experience because I have to say, being on the Offside Rule pod with all these, uh, all these ladies who support the big teams, shall we say, it's nice, isn't it? My home side, Wolverhampton Wanderers, big in the 50s, not so much in the noughties onwards. But we'll talk about them and making me feel euphoric in a league game where there was no trophy up for grabs. But what we had done is we got promoted to the top flight. We're talking 2004 and we were playing Manchester United. Now, this comes a lovely full circle for me as a Wolves fan because I started my very first game that I went to go and see at Molyneux was against Manchester United in a friendly. And that day I thought, whoa, there's a lot to be done here. Maybe I've chosen the wrong team. There's this really quick winger, very young, but called Ryan Giggs. He's really frightening our defence. We've lost pretty comprehensively here. We're way off this team. This is Manchester United. We're way off. So you've got that childhood memory. And then you play them in the top flight when you've got promoted. And then you go and beat Manchester United. 1-0, Kenny Miller scoring in the second half. I celebrated that goal like I have never celebrated a goal before. I have to say that was the moment and I will give that as one of mine. But you won't be able to do that, will you, as a Juve fan and a Liverpool fan? You know, you've got all of these trophies. And <laughs> Well, for mine, I, I, I've done sort of fans over-celebrating, really. I've taken a bit of a, bit of a pinch of salt of this one. Um, this year's Community Shield... Arsenal beating Chelsea. Arsenal fans celebrating a bit like they'd won the FA Cup. It was a little bit much, wasn't it? <laughs> there were a lot of uh, fans celebrating on the way out of the stadium, wasn't there? <laughs> Can you blame them? It's been so long. <laughs> it was the uh, first time in the last 13 attempts. Fair play. But no, you know, it's a community shield. Calm down, for God's sake. Well, the comparison on the touchline said it all because Wenger had his nice sharpest suit on, didn't he? And then uh, you look across and Mourinho got his tracksuit on. <laughs> Obviously, just thought it was a bit of a warm-up. He was in his casuals, wasn't he? Well, I know this was about the league and I've mentioned the community shield, so I'm going to skip to a league result now. This was Swansea last season, having got to 50 points in the Premier League for the first time ever ever and what a great achievement that was it wasn't just of course that they were safe it was the fact that they'd broken this record that they'd really really announced and defined their position in the Premier League um, and I've just got such strong memories from that game of seeing the Swansea bench and um, a lot of the fans as well waving their shirts around with absolute joy but just really overjoyed that they'd hit that record and I guess really felt that they belonged they'd you know invested in Gary Monk they'd um, from him you know being in caretaker charge the season before they'd given him a whole season and they were rewarded and no one I, no one really fancied Gary Monk and everyone was worried about Swansea last season it has to be said but they proved the doubters wrong and, and you, you could see I mean they, they weren't celebrating like they won the FA Cup but they were celebrating something that might appear quite nonchalant to most teams but meant so much to them they could be celebrating even more than this season Mina? Mine is actually a European example I don't think you'd be that shocked with that um, but actually it was uh, the first game of the season in La Liga this season and it was uh, Real Madrid and Sporting Quijon taking it and um, and it was a draw 
and it's the first time. Now, this is really interesting because Sporting Kihon are a really interesting team. In 2011, you had Jose Mourinho in charge of Real Madrid, right? He had a nine-year record going along where he always managed these home wins. And in comes in this little Sporting Kihon, managed by Preciado at the time, who unfortunately has passed away since. Um, and he broke that record, defeating Real Madrid and Jose Mourinho at their own home in the Bernabeu. And that was a huge victory for this little tiny side. Um, now, this is a side that's only in the last 17 years. This is their fourth time in the top flight. So this isn't a big team. All their players, they're the youngest now currently, they're the youngest squad in, in the league, in the Spanish league. All their players have basically arrived on loan. None of them have commanded a transfer fee. And on the first day of the season, they managed to get a draw against Real Madrid. Rafa Benitez is Real Madrid. I think it says more about Benitez than it does about anything else, yeah? But if you look at the kit man and you look at the, the different men that's obviously who work for the side, not necessarily their coach, and all of them who are just waiting for that final whistle, it would have been 91st minute, <laughs> 90 seconds, it's all the extra time, just sitting there wondering whether or not Ronaldo's going to do something and when it ended 0-0 and they just ran onto the pitch and celebrated it as if it was their greatest victory. Now this was a side who only last season, they weren't in the top five, they were obviously below. Um, last season their target was survival and instead they got promoted to the top flight mm-hmm. and and on their first game in which everyone thinks they're just going to get right relegated again they managed it so this was a huge victory for that and I, I just love watching this little team Well seeming as I took inspiration for this from being at Anfield my other example is another Anfield example I do apologise for that but it was because it came back to me that do you remember when the Premier ship started and we're talking only the second season in the 93-94 season. Swindon were one of the teams that were in the top flight and they've only ever been there once. They're one of only five teams, Bournemouth being another one that we've got this season and people like Blackpool that have been there for one season. So you can imagine from Swindon, if you're a Swindon Town fan and you're in the top flight for the first time, that trip to Anfield is a real big one. Now, they didn't pull off what West Ham did. They didn't win. But like you, Mina, they got a two-all draw. And actually, they were unlucky not to win on the day. Um, it really looked in the in the final dying few moments like they might have actually scored a winner. So I think for Swindon fans, I'm picking out um, their two-all draw against Liverpool at Anfield. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod and like our page on Facebook. Simply type in the Offside Rule We Get In. There's only one of us. I feel for James Milner, have to say. When you've got the title and you've got a whole Twitter account dedicated to you, uh, boring James Milner, you have to feel for the chap. I think he's taken it pretty well over the years. Wait, why do you feel sorry for him? He's like, he's, he's a nice, he's a professional guy. Every time he does an interview, it's so, you know, he's so unpredictable. What he says, he never says a cliche at all on TV. You know, you, everything that he says is exactly what you would expect to hear from him. But you know what? He does it right, in my opinion. He's a professional guy. He's always ready in training. He always does his job. He never disappoints, nor does he, you know, do anything fantastic. But he's exactly the kind of guy that you would want on your team. I think it's important here that we clarify our definition of the word boy. Boring. I mean, what what do you think boring is? Anyone who's not Mario Balotelli is probably a bit boring, right? Wow, that's a big, big... <laughs> that is a massive benchmark, Mina. Okay. That's, a massive... that's a huge pool to choose from, isn't it? Whoa. Okay, so it's got to be somebody who I guess doesn't excite you, excite you much on the pitch and off the pitch doesn't do anything that's outlandish to really attract all the headlines. So it's a player who just does his job and is uh, tends to 
tends to be a little professional in the interviews, perhaps even a little bit dull. Kate, mm. anything to advance on that? Mm. Well, perhaps this is the definition of boring. Someone whose voice is so boring, it can send people to sleep. And um, policing South Warwickshire... Uh, agreed with me here when I looked at the fact uh, that uh, Phil Neville was quite boring. In fact, they tweeted last year, Policing South Walk, so Warwickshire, will be playing recordings of Phil Neville all night to keep the streets all calm and sleepy. That's what they actually tweeted out. Oh <laughs> but sometimes Gary Neville can sound a bit boring as well. It's that, it's that, it's that voice, isn't it? It's just a little bit monotone, a little bit flat. No, I was going to say just exactly that. It's the mon- uh, monotonous tone, and there's no absolute. They don't go up, they don't go down. It's just so mm. dull. I understand. If I was listening to Neville all day long, I would fall asleep myself. Shearer does that to me sometimes. You know, it's just. There's no pitch in his voice. The thing with Shearer is he doesn't get excited or animated no, at anything. No, no, he. You doesn't. know, Newcastle could win the cup, and they, you know, he'd be just. Oh well, I'm delighted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. Um, one of mine is Joe Ledley because, and I feel quite bad oh. for Joe Ledley doing this to him. He's got an interesting beard. I mean, that's a bold move. Yeah, that is a bold move. But I happened to interview him on the same day that I interviewed Shola Amiobi. Now, Shola Amiobi is one of my favourite interviews I've ever done. He trained to go into a, a legal profession if he hadn't have gone into, into football. His father's a professor. He was telling me about his family. We had such a good chat. And he was so super intelligent, so eloquent and really, really good talker that the interview just ran for itself and I didn't really have to do any work. You know, you're just having a chat and it's really interesting, engaging. The cameraman's nodding. He's really good. Then they wheel in Joe Ledley straight afterwards. So poor Joe, I'm going to say to him, if I compared him to the bulk of footballers, I'm sure he would not have stood out. But because he came in straight after Shola, Mm. I thought, oh, this guy's so boring. And everything I was doing, it was a one-word answer or it felt like hard work to me after having such an easy time of of having just a general chit-chat but still getting so Mm. many great stories and anecdotes. I thought, Joe Ledley, you're going in this one. I've interviewed him and I have to say I kind of know what you mean. He was a bit of a difficult interview. It didn't didn't take anything. Nothing got him vaguely aroused in a footballing sense. And um, maybe Shola Ramiobi uh, did your interview after MTV Cribs because there's a great episode of him on MTV Cribs and he's um he's I don't know whether he's trying not to show off or something, but he doesn't come across in the most entertaining way. Um, epitomized by him walking through his lounge, um, sort of stroking his coffee table whilst he says, Yeah, this this coffee table's fantastic. It's polished, it's got a polished wood finish, which is a nice touch. <laughs> oh thanks. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about a a guy called Cesar Aspiliqueta. <laughs> Poor little <Okay>. Aspiliqueta. <laughs> yeah. But have you really honestly ever, ever seen a more boring player? <laughs> like you would think that he would be, I don't know, you just think that he might be a little bit Espanol in his ways, you know. But I just remember this one quote that he did on, on an interview. And I think the, room, the reason why I remember reading it is because it was just all over Twitter at the time. And thousands of people were just laughing about it. But it was, but he, uh, he goes on to say, obviously, I'm used to playing as a right back. But when the manager asked me to play at left back, I just wanted to do my best. The role is very similar go figure. Although, of course, there is more need for me to use my left foot. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. Did you know that? Did you know in football that if you have to play as left back, you have to use your left foot? 
That's fantastic. Seeming as it is recorded on transfer deadline day and there was no activity at Arsenal, do we call them boring Arsenal? Well, boring, boring. I thought it was, they play the most beautiful football, don't they? Well, that's the thing. There you go. We can't do it, can we? But, you know, in terms of transfer deadline day, maybe. I'm going to finish off by saying that someone that once was my pin-up... I realise it's actually really boring. <laughs> do you know, do you ever get any idea what I'm going to say? No, I have absolutely no Who is it? So, very good striker, played for Liverpool, played for Manchester United, played for Real Madrid. Michael Owen. Yeah. And also he's obsessed with horses as well. And <laughs> he is. I, and I know there's never been any scandal and I think that's great. But his tweets are quite interesting actually. But on television I find him quite boring. Again, it's the voice to a certain extent, isn't it? He's not got any range to his voice whatsoever. In fact, I'm thinking of starting up a business for, you know, vocability for uh, Premier League players, just to, just to inject a bit of life, a bit of diction, a bit of excitement, a bit of range into their voice. <laughs> Whilst Kate goes off and plans that business, uh, we should leave it there, girls. Thank you so much for today. Um, and by the way, Kate, never, ever, ever again bring wine gums to a record. Oh, no, they've, they've been fantastic. We've been uh, solidly working our way through them. They've been pepping us up, making sure we don't sound too boring because we're high on sugar. Uh, you've been dipping in and out of them, and I don't like it. On a professional level, <laughs> I don't like it. Look, you're doing it now. I know, I had to just grab another one. I'm jealous now. It's all about Kate and her wine gums. It's got to be about me and my wine gums too. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mina. Thank you, Kate. We'll be back again next week. We hope you enjoyed the mayhem that was transfer deadline day. Although it wasn't as chaotic as what? We thought, was it, really? It didn't have the party finish with the sort of people, you know, desperately trying to stay awake up to about three o'clock when the deals are finally done because of that six o'clock finish. So a muted edition this year. But I think it's the pious spending summer transfer window. So that totaliser just keeps going up, doesn't it? Totaliser indeed. Uh, we'll see you next time. Yes! Oh, yes! The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Social Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.